Hello, and welcome to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch The Muppets Take Manhattan two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And we are very happy this week to have a first-time guest with us. Guest, please tell us who you are. Hello, my name is Meryl Streep. I, 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 it's hard to believe, everyone, but we actually booked Meryl Streep for the podcast. Multiple Oscar I, nominee. I don't know why. I don't know why. Three-time winner. Sheesh. That was the first celebrity name I could think of, and I don't know why. I am. I am not. Meryl. not? I'm not Meryl. I'm not Meryl. I'm. I'm. I wish I was, but my name is Andy so, Hayward. I have a. I have a last name too. Our guest is Andy Hayward. For those who may not know, he is a prolific uh, puppeteer and puppet builder. His many uh, stage and screen credits include um, some some Muppet related things over the years. Some Sesame Street productions. Yeah, I did that in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe I, I, all I all I know is I heard the word prolific and I nearly did a spit take. Oh, okay. Right here would you on not a Zoom meeting? Would you not describe yourself as prolific? I I would not use that word, nor would most people. All right. Um, I, I think a better adjective would be like bizarre or quirky. Maybe uh, like semi-familiar to people who. <laughs> Andy is a semi-familiar puppeteer and puppet builder. Thank you. Perfect. That's good. Okay. So um, Andy is here with us today to talk about minutes 33 and 34 of The Muppets Take Manhattan, in which uh, Miss Piggy commiserates at her department store job with Joan Rivers. Um, so I actually, before we get into that, I had a note from last week's minutes that I forgot to mention. So I just want to bring this up briefly. Um, last week we watched a scene where Miss Piggy was spying on Kermit in Grand Army Plaza in Manhattan. And in my research for the season, I found an Associated Press article, which was covering the making of this movie. It was published on July 12th, 1984. And the reporter was actually there when that scene was filmed. They said... Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog were filming a scene at the Pulitzer Fountain outside Central Park when rain interrupted the shot. Oh dear, sighed Frank Oz, the director. Could someone please talk to God about that sky? Will do, said Kermit from the arm of Jim Henson, the producer. Within minutes, the sun came out. So I just thought that was fun. Apparently Jim Henson had a direct line to God. That rules. I love that. Which which should shock absolutely nobody. No. Also... (laughs) Also, that little story is, it reminded me that I want a Frank Oz commentary on Muppets Take Manhattan. I want to hear those little nuggets, those yeah. beautiful chestnuts. I'm, I'm waiting for it. Yeah, that and would be still great. Here. How do we make that happen? Yeah, I, well, and it's funny because he's done a bunch of them. He did DVD commentaries for Little Shop, yep. Bowfinger, yep. Uh, Dirt, The Dirt, Stepford Dirt, Wives. Scoundrels. Yeah. Even the so, Stepford like, Wives. <laughs> but... Uh, did you happen to see, he he did a, an online event uh, with the Museum of the Moving Image uh, with Dave Goals, uh, like maybe over the summer? No. That was devoted to this movie? Are you kidding me? It, it might still is be on their YouTube channel. I'm not sure. If it is, I will okay. include it in the show notes. But um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. There was a lot of good information there. Yeah, if I could get a Frank Oz commentary on Muppets Take Manhattan and House Sitter, I would be the happiest human in the world. Mm, I don't know if he did one on House Sitter. He did not. And I okay. am waiting for it. Yeah. And, and, and he does know that he did not. 
Oh, I, I can tell you right now. That's probably the Frank Oz movie that I'm least familiar with for whatever reason. So, And you should be more familiar. It is a brilliant, tiny little comedy. It's it was good. Just, yeah. I, actually just saw, I actually just saw it for the first time this fall. And yeah, wow. it, was the last, it, was it was the last one of his that I saw, too. I don't know why, but I, I remember liking it. So, And I have a specific memory of going to a movie theater. I don't know if... If House Sitter was like a second run, but I remember it was a fourplex and I went to the Muppet Christmas Carol in the theater and another door said House Sitter above it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And two chances I'm not sure. to enjoy Frank Oz wearing Frank two Oz. different hats. Yep. Yep. Nice. Uh, give me a commentary. That's all I'm saying. Frank, yeah. I know you're into this. If you would just record one, that would yeah. be great. <laughs> you know, you could tweet at him and every once in a while, if you, if you catch him at the right time, he'll answer those tweets. Is that right? Yeah. Has that happened to you personally? He has replied to a couple of my tweets and then there's been some of my tweets that he's just either ignored or didn't see or whatever. So, which is what I would expect from Frank Oz. <laughs> right. Yeah. No shade, no shade, yeah, yeah, yeah. no shade, no shade. As right. he should. Yeah. Also, I we should get into these minutes, but also I I always wonder how he feels when he's he's tweeting trying to comment on some serious topic in the news or politics and then every single time there's going to be somebody in the comments who's like Yes, we should listen to you, wise Jedi Master Yoda. He he must just see those and be like, "Give me a break," you know. Oh yeah, I, and that that must for him be a daily thing. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or or you know, there's somebody's going to be like, "Waka waka." Yeah. What What do you know, Miss Piggy? Like that's right. got to happen right. all the time. I'm right. sure. And now right. we, somebody's like, going to be like Harvey Knee Slapper. <laughs> I would love and to now see we've that un- actually. We've actually unlocked why he might be a little cranky sometimes, as he should be. <laughs> I, I totally. think that's part of it, and I think that's a legitimate reason. It is justified, and he is uh, entitled to do so. Yep. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Um, And speaking of Frank Oz, he is all over these minutes. Um, we open here with uh, Miss Piggy's boss telling her that it is neither prudent nor wise to be a half hour late returning from lunch on her first day on the job. Piggy's boss is Mr. Wrightson. He's played by Graham Brown. Uh, he, I guess, did mostly stage acting in New York City. He has a handful of IMDb credits. Well, can I... So he actually co-founded the Guthrie Theater here in Minneapolis. Oh, cool. Which is what? Like, Are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm that, not. No, it's... That I did not... Yeah, that's... No. That's, as, that's as, like the biggest regional theater like in, in the area. As a native Minnesota human, who even now I go back to Minnesota in the summertime when we're not having a pandemic, and I go to the Guthrie every summer to see their productions, I did not know that. That is incredible. Yeah, I, actually, I, I didn't know that either until I was um, looking up him today. His variety obituary, the first line is, actor Graham Brown, who performed with Minneapolis's Guthrie Theater, of which he was a founding member, the New York Shakespeare, wow. Shakespeare Festival, etc. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so like he has real, re- real local ties here to uh, to actually Andy and my both hometown. Huh. So. Yeah, and the Guthrie is it's a it's a story theater. Like anyone uh, who is anyone in the theater has worked the Guthrie at some point in their careers. Right, is- it's it's wild. You you go through the like the pictures they have hanging up in the lobby, yep. and you see you know Je- Jessica Tandy and James Earl Jones, and like it's it's crazy the people who've come through. I, I think any any notable actor you can think of in the theater did the Guthrie probably multiple times. That's that's incredible. I'm uh, that's a thing I did not know. That's in, that's great. Yeah. I also uh, know I, that that yeah, the same that Graham Brown also was in a lot of like early television. 
Like I know that His I saw his IMDb credits are from like the sixties. Yeah. I know I saw him in a Sanford and son hmm. as a fan of Muppets take Manhattan. I know that I saw him once. <laughs> and you recognized him as Mr. Wrightson because as a child, he scared the crap out of me in that movie. Oh, he, sure. was so, yeah, yeah. he was so angry at Miss Piggy for being late. It's neither prudent nor wise returning a half hour late from work especially your first day on the job. Yeah. As, as like a seven-year-old, I was like uh, shaking. And you've never been late to work. No. And it's because of this <laughs> because film, of this. actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's why I'm a timely human. It's Mr. Wrightson. Oh, my so, God. So thank you, Graham this, Brown. This podcast is better than therapy. <laughs> That's our tagline. Yeah. Uh, quote me. <laughs> So, so Piggy's job is at the Bergdorf Goodman department store. This is a very fancy and expensive department store on Fifth Avenue. Um, I just learned in looking this up for this episode that there are only two Bergdorf Goodman stores, I guess, in the world. There's this one that Ms. Piggy is working in. And then there's also a men's store, which is across the street from this store, and which opened in 1990. And those and are wow. the two. Yeah, that's it for Bergdorf Goodman. That, they're they're owned by Neiman Marcus, so they they are kind of part of a larger store. But that just uh, seems like one store. Like if it's yeah. if it's one building and another building across the street, it's more of an extension. Like, yeah, that's just like a compound. That's not that's <laughs> not two that's not two locations. Yeah, that's I mean that's how they they describe them. But huh. uh, yeah, are you are you telling me that I could go in and scout out the filming location of this beautiful Hollywood scene? to this very day when pandemic is not um yeah i don't know if it's still a perfume counter but um my wife and i went in there last time we were in new york oh did you go in bergdorf goodman we went in bergdorf goodman and they were like not at all pleased to see two like (laughs) plainly dressed commoners oh yeah (laughs) i I cannot imagine going in there well like we went in and we kind of thought that like you might just you know that it might be like a thing to like tourists do and they were just kind of like is there anything you'd like to try on? Right. Are Are you here to buy a like a five thousand dollars scarf? If right. not, get out of here. Right. right. And so we were just like, uh, uh, <laughs> kill the France, bye. <laughs> I'm going to jump in right now and say, as someone who is much like you, a plainly dressed commoner, those employees took one look at your shoes and said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, get out of our store." <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Because I've had that happen to me on multiple occasions. <laughs> They can always tell by our shoes. You look at the shoes. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) And then it just occurred to me, I don't know if we, maybe we mentioned this when we talked about the location um, of the outdoor scene a couple of minutes ago, but this is actually pretty close to the Sherry Netherland Hotel, which is where Jim Henson lived in the last couple of years of his life uh, in an apartment at that that fancy building. So if you were to do a a tour of of New York Muppet locations, this would be an area where you would find a couple of things to see. And is that not the name of um, around around the corner Muppet? Too? Yes, right. Yes. Around the around the corner. Yeah. The, what was yeah, her she, position? Was she just the she, manager of the? She was. She was the owner. She was like the pre- presumably mm-hmm. like long, like you know, old money owner of the furry I'm, arms of, hotel. of the Furry Arms Hotel around the corner on Sesame Street. I'm gonna interject right now with a little story. It's no big deal. But many, many years ago, when I was a background uh, puppet guy on a Sesame Street production called Elmo's Christmas Countdown, the first puppet they threw me, I was like up in a window somewhere, way the hell in the back. They threw me this puppet, and the face was unfamiliar, 
but I looked at the tag on the puppet and it was Sherry Netherlands. Whoa. With with like a different do and a different yeah. face. Yeah. I had yeah. a little private moment of prayer. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. I, I yeah. guess she just kind of became part of the monster ensemble after I, they ditched the around the corner. Yeah, I guess they asked. stripped stripped her features and, and yeah. repurposed, but she, uh, as of that show was still around her puppet still in circulation. Around. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's probably 10 years after she, well, I'm sure or, or more. Or more. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. Next time I watch, uh, almost Christmas countdown, I'll keep an eye out for that. Look, and I'll know it, was, that it, you. it was a, a, a monster and she had big hair. And I remember it was in a win in a window. I think hairy monster was near, I don't nearby, okay. but yeah, yeah, that's, that's the special where it's like a, it's a, a different version of the set, right? It's like that pop-up book yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like yep. the yeah with Ben Stiller, the elf. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's I'm I'm due for a rewatch of that. Um so Piggy situates herself behind the perfume counter and apologize to her coworker Eileen. Eileen turns around and we see that it is Joan Rivers. Which is one of the few times that we get a that we get a Muppet movie style back to the camera and then turn around. Right, reveal. it's and a reveal. I think it's the only time in this movie, and in the Muppet uh, movie, it happens multiple. I mean, it's Bob Hope, it's Bob Richard Hope Pryor, for sure. it's Steve Martin. You know, yeah, you're right. Of, there's a bunch of them in the Muppet movie. Yeah, and yeah. I guess I, I don't know why that is exactly, but I mean, it is the kind of thing I've I've seen this at screenings with an audience, and people do react when they see Joan Rivers turn around. Sure. Yeah, you're right. Like James Coco or Gregory Hines did not get that kind of reveal. <laughs> right, exactly. No. It was a well, big moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think every every one of these movies has one or two where like the a a, hum, a cameo guest star just kind of takes over, right? Steve Martin, yeah. John Cleese, Peter Falk, Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks does it too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and in this one it's definitely Joan Rivers. Like yeah. this becomes her movie for the next, you know, two minutes and a half yes. or whatever it is. And, it's and to be fair, she owns that scene. You're not going to forget that that scene that happened in the makeup counter. It's, no, it's pretty right, incredible. It's one of the most memorable yeah. and funniest, yeah. Um, but the question is, who is Joan Rivers? Oh, yeah. uh, jo- Joan Rivers <laughs> is a stand-up comic. She was one of the, f- like, during the 60s, like, wave of of new stand-up comics she was yeah her career went all the the way back like she was on the ed sullivan show back in the day yeah she came up with like you know your your bob newharts your don rickles is yeah um george carlin i mean she's part of that whole wave of of stand-up comics in the in the early 60s who kind of were like breaking all the rules right yeah one-liners you know right it was um, that new wave of comedians and then telling stories on stage which was like a new thing yeah And then in the, I guess, maybe late 70s to 80s, she was a frequent guest host on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Um, She later hosted a a few of her own uh, talk shows. She had kind of a resurgence in the late 90s, early uh, 2000s, doing snarky red carpet coverage at awards shows with her daughter. And she had... she was on just, QVC constantly. Is yes. that what you're going to say, Andy? I'm sorry. You say it. You say it. Get out of my head because <laughs> as a young person, my first, well, beyond Muppets Take Manhattan, it was she was the QVC lady. My right. mother right. would be up at like 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night shopping on the television. And there was Joan Rivers <laughs> selling her wares, which was incredible. And she, also, I guess she was funny on QVC? Yeah. I mean, well, you know, yeah. like, like quote unquote funny. Like, right. I mean... She was she was moving product, but she was she was keeping it lively. You know, right, it's not right. 
It's not like it was her all-time a, a material, but because her whole thing on the red carpet better shows, than Rick Domeyer doing it on QVC. <laughs> her whole thing on the red carpet shows was she and her daughter would basically just stand there and like say mean things about celebrities and what they were wearing, which doesn't seem like that would translate necessarily to hosting a QVC show. But I guess uh, I guess she made it work. I I think she was a survivor and she knew what to deliver. So she's on QVC and they patch her in with a collar from Poughkeepsie. Right. And she's going to be as sweet as pie because that caller is going to spend 200 bucks. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, I, I, I got to see her one per, one time live in person. It was right after nine 11. She was at Anthony. You may know she was at the mystic Lake casino. Are you aware of this? <laughs> I, I, I didn't know she was there. No, I know where the is mystic this Lake a Minneapolis casino era is. landmark. It's, it's adjacent it's, it's, to, it's a little West of there, but yeah. Yep. Yep. And, uh, I, it was like, it was probably a week or two after nine 11 and it was like the first outing I had and a lot of people had, and it was to see her and she was freaking hilarious. She delivered. Nice. And I think at that time awesome. she was probably in her, you know, late sixties to early seventies. Oh yeah. And, she was at it until, yeah. well, actually I think I had, uh, yeah, she died in 2014. She was 81. So yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, she, she was, was still like at it till, yeah. until the end. Yeah. She, I think she worked until her very last breath. She right. was pretty amazing. And she did uh, some amazing work in New York City for God's Love We Deliver, hmm. which is a food delivery service for people who uh, are terminally ill. And so she would personally deliver meals on weekends to people, which I think is pretty yeah. incredible that she spent her yeah. time doing that. Great. Yeah, That's, great. That's amazing. And like, not like her her persona was so the opposite of that just so like acerbic yep. and, and yeah. biting yeah that that yep. like that makes that even even more fascinating that that's yeah. just yeah. like you know that 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 was a character and that yep. she was just like being nice in her free time and also just yeah. imagine having joan rivers deliver a meal to you <laughs> right can you imagine opening that door there is there's a documentary they made about her and i'm for i think it's called piece of work but oh, they yeah, actually, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think they follow her on a meal delivery route for like a day or two in that for a couple. Oh, wow. of days. That's awesome. But I highly recommend. She she actually had a big heart for as nasty as she could be on the red carpet, right? Right. Or to Miss Piggy, you know. Well, right. So she has a few Muppet connections. Um, in 1986, she. Uh, she was hosting a talk show on the BBC called Can We Talk? That was her catchphrase. Um, and Jim Henson and Kermit were guests on that show. She appeared on episodes of Shalom Sesame and Sesame Street. In 2012, Miss Piggy was on her show Fashion Police. And then two years later, there was a really fun publicity stunt they did where Piggy was launching her own lifestyle brand and she was going to sell it on QVC and Joan Rivers was mad about it. And they released this like this secret candid cell phone photo of the two of them fighting backstage at a QVC party. Oh yeah. Insulting each other. Remember that? I forgot all about that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they appeared together on a QVC show and like patch things up, I guess. But, and then she died like right after that, right? It was was pretty soon after. Yeah. You're right. Cause that was 2014. Yeah. So, but that, that was, that was fun. Um, So here though, in this scene, uh, Piggy and Joan Rivers are getting along. They, uh, oh, I wanted to ask <laughs> any comments about their outfits. They're wearing these, these very pink, very fluffy uh, blouses with these very frilly collars. I'm a big fan. It feels, what was the name of the designer in the great Muppet caper? 
Lady Holiday. Lady Holiday. I feel like Lady Holiday may have designed <laughs> she could the smocks have. that they were wearing inside the department store. Yeah, it, it feels That's true. They're they very they have a lot of her designs had those frills and there are frills and folds and fans. I think Lady Holiday may the conspiracy theory, but she may have been behind those those smocks. Throwing that yeah. out there. Yeah, I love I, that yeah. idea. I'm on board with that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, they just don't seem very comfortable to work in. But no, but, <laughs> that's, but I guess that's what work uniforms are, right? And they're delivering glamour that's never comfortable. You guys, that's true. Like, that's true. It's that's a lot what it's of all work. about. That's why they're getting paid right. so much. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I'm, yeah. I'm sure they are. That's right. Uh-huh. Uh, they're selling. Uh-huh. That's why they can't afford to be a half hour late. Exactly. Correct. Time Especially is money. on their first so day. Much. Yep. On their yep. first day. I On their first that. day. On Piggy's first day, anyway. Yeah. Piggy's first day. Yeah, Joan's been around, you can tell. Yeah. I think so. Right. Uh, Although I'll, I'll say this for it being Piggy's first day, they seem to be like very genuine friends already. Like right. it seems They've like they made a very fast, fast connection that morning. Yeah. You know? I'm going to jump in and disagree with you a little bit there. Oh. Because Joan is a little bit. Controversy is what we thrive on. Joan is a little bit. Uh, can I swear on this podcast? Uh, you can, and if it's too strong, I'll I'll beep it. But go ahead. Okay, so get ready for a beep if you're under the age of twelve. But Joan okay. is a little to Miss Piggy because Miss Piggy comes back and she's all like, you know, depressed based on her love situation, and she asks Eileen if she's pretty and or if she's gorgeous rather, and Eileen says. Don't push a pig. Don't push a her, pig. Yes, her, Ouch. Her, Ouch. her generosity only goes so far. Oh, my <laughs> God. That is snark right there. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, they're buddies to a point, but God, that's a little cutting. I yeah, I don't say. know. Maybe she's just trying to, you know, trying to give it to her straight. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're selling a, a French perfume called Quelle Difference that is French for what a difference. Uh and yeah, Eileen can tell that something is bothering Piggy. She says, can we talk? That's Joan Rivers' catchphrase. So that would have gotten a big reaction probably from the audience since 1984. Huge. Uh, Piggy is is doing the, the sales spiel here. She says, get your Kel Difference. It's French. It's feminine. It'll help you grab one of those rotten, stinking men. Which I love. I, I all, My whole life, I have always loved the phrase, catch you one of those rotten, stinking men. I think <laughs> yes. it's so funny. Yeah, that is great. Uh, Frank Gauze's delivery with that is great. Um, there is another line here in the March 7th, 1983 draft of the screenplay, which I, I kind of wish they had left in, where after Piggy yells, Eileen says, uh, Piggy, would you mind some constructive criticism? Piggy says, what? And Eileen says, don't do that. Oh, they should have left that in. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, what we do have here is uh, it goes to the part where Eileen asks Piggy what happened during lunch. Piggy says, my frog turned on me. And Eileen says, yeah, I had some bad tuna myself, which is a great joke. Well, it's okay. it's a good joke. And her delivery rules. Like, yeah. She's just kind of like sighing and looking off into the distance like, mm, yeah, I know how it is. So, I so tuna. Is Eileen then assuming that Miss Piggy consumed a frog for lunch? Yes, I yes. guess. Maybe she ate uh, some frog legs. Yeah, that Doc is, Hopper's French fried frog legs. Right. That is very disturbing, especially for a child. Because as a kid, that's what I garnered, the implication was. Yeah. And it, it really upset me. It's like, oh, yeah. she's thinking that Miss Piggy ate a loved one over lunch. Great. You know, that's. I guess it is disturbing. <laughs> yes, for us as the audience, knowing that 
Miss Piggy is in love with a frog. Being a frog permit, even. Yeah. Yeah. Eileen yep. yeah. doesn't necessarily have that information, but we do. So, yeah, when you put it that way. Uh, <laughs> you ate the star of the movie for lunch. Great. <laughs> what are we going to do for the next 45 minutes? Right. Excellent. Yeah, who's this got, is going to be a real short. Who's going to get hit movie. by a car now? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so this is then we have the exchange about do you think I'm pretty you're more than pretty gorgeous don't push it pig okay that's cutting right that's yes. that's hard it is you're right yes you're right yeah okay uh eileen tells piggy she could use a little rouge so she pulls out this this makeup uh kit and starts rouging piggy's cheeks then she says piggy needs eyebrows despite the fact that as piggy points out pigs don't have eyebrows well this pig is going to Right, right. I, I just it's love. So good. Yeah, there's something just so like spontaneous and natural and organic about this whole thing. Is like pigs don't have eyebrows. Well, this pig is going to, and then she draws eyebrows on herself, and she's like, and so is this. So, <laughs> as someone, someone with a screenplay in front of you, is that in your script? Because it does feel so natural that it almost seems like I know they're not making it up, but it feels like they're just bantering. Yeah, it, it's not exactly the same as it was in that draft, but it's like a lot of the major sort of beats are there did it bother either of you that when joan rivers was making up miss piggy she was egregious in the makeup application but then when she went to her own face didn't really do that much oh interesting you, you think she's not as heavily made up no. by the end of it she miss piggy was really gonna wear rouge in this movie joan <laughs> rivers didn't i mean the eyebrows she didn't cutesy the freckles she was right. not as committed so as a kid i'm like why is she doing this to Piggy? But then she's leaving her own face uh, to be quite normal. Yeah, it's a, you know, she needs. I mean, I think that she thinks of herself as gorgeous. Probably so she thinks she's she already gorgeous. She doesn't she, need it. Piggy she does, right? Doesn't need the help okay. unless you know unless she's actually sabotaging Piggy because she thinks that she should be working the perfume counter by herself, <gasps> and she knows like, Eileen would prefer Piggy to continually be late. Therefore, Piggy right. will be fired. And then therefore, Joan Rivers as Eileen can get all the commissions. Right. Although, as we know, the plan's not going to work out, as we see next week. But, maybe, right, but that, maybe that was her scheme. We've watched two minutes of the film. That is conspiracy theory number two. <laughs> yes, for those keeping track at home. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, we have yeah, two now. Yeah, and, yeah so this whole, this whole thing, I, I just love the energy of it. Like, Piggy starts out feeling skeptical. She's still down about Kermit. And then as they get going with the makeup, Piggy's just like, she, she gets so into it. She's just so happy to be having all this makeup on her face. Eileen says, I'll give you doe eyes. Piggy says, what are doe eyes? And Eileen says, doe eyes are Bambi eyes. Of course, that answers that question. <laughs> does, that mean, does that make any sense? At, was that a well, thing in the 80s? <laughs> Can well, someone go back to eyes? I did a, I yeah. did a Google search for doe eyes makeup, and there is a, a thing <gasps> called doe eyes where you kind of, I don't know exactly what it is because I don't, I don't put makeup on my face on a regular basis, but the idea is to make your eyes look bigger and, and brighter and bolder. Okay. So doe eyes is something that exists. So why does Piggy need that, though? Piggy has an, uh, Piggy's eyes are three times the size of a human being. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> she doesn't need help. If anyone needs help, Eileen needs the help. Right? Yeah, right. She should be giving her herself doe eyes. Look more like piggies. Yeah. Yup. 
And why does she think that a good explanation to the question, what are doe eyes, is doe eyes are Bambi eyes? Maybe she thinks that Miss Piggy, a talking animal, <laughs> only knows other talking animals, Could be. such as the motion oh picture Bambi. God. Could be. Conspiracy theory number three, <laughs> right? right? You're a talking yeah. animal. There's another talking animal. It's a thing. Have fun. Yeah, Bye. Go 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 sit in your section with the other talking animals. That's right. Yeah. Good luck with your frog. I hope you don't eat him for lunch. You know, that's the whole deal. <laughs> Yeah, well. <laughs> she. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say that I think in real life, uh, it must have been so fun to like just just apply makeup to that Miss Piggy puppet with a band. Oh yeah, like that must have been the greatest. And yeah. that is a that is a big conversation we need to have. And that is why I want the Frank Oz commentary. How many tens of thousands of dollars worth of Miss Piggy puppets did they destroy in that? Yeah, scene? you know, I mean. Well, so you know yeah. uh, more about puppets than we do. You think that, like, once you do that to a piggy puppet, it's it's unusable, right? You can't it's, clean it, and it's done. It's done. Yeah. So, as a human who happens to think this is the best Muppet movie, I know, not popular opinion. Uh, uh, I no, know you know we've we've had several guests who agree with you. Yeah. Really. Uh, yeah. I, I, I I've watched this a lot, and I noticed they only show the destruction in a master. So they sh- mm. and I, so in my mind. And I would love for Frank Oz to answer this, but I think they probably shot two, three, maybe four masters. The only cutaways they have are of onlookers in the store. And then once or twice, Miss Piggy will glance into that mirror. In the mirror, yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking they maybe went through that a few times. Right. Four, five, um, yeah. I don't know enough about how the piggy puppet is constructed. Would it have been possible for them to just build some piggy heads like extra heads and put it on the puppet. Oh yeah, for sure. That could have been the same body except for the powder puff might have, you know, got on the costume, but, right. uh, but I mean, they I mean, clearly, still, it's not cheap to build those, but no, they clearly destroyed at least a handful of, of piggy heads for that. Yeah, shot. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Which I think for me was as a kid, part of the fun, like, oh, yeah, just... I, I want to draw on a Muppet. I want to do <laughs> right. that. That sounds right. great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of kids draw, like, will take a marker to their favorite dolls and stuff. And then uh, in that case, they're like, that's it. Your, your doll's going to have the drawings all over it for the rest yeah. of its time. Uh, yeah, but. yeah. Can, can confirm has happened in my home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> has this happened to one of your, your treasured uh, Muppet possessions? No, no. It's like, it's like dolls that Iris has and like right. had decided to give them a makeover. And, stuff. and now they have like more eyelashes have, or something yeah they just have like green marker on them now sure yeah yeah mm. it happens and that's what they, this whole scene is just like a, a grown-up comedy version of that which uh yeah so we end with with eileen putting the freckles on piggy that's that's kind of where uh this but, clip ends and what way, she I, says I is that you describe i love that you describe Muppets take manhattan as a grown-up movie but go on andy yeah, isn't it? I, I mean, I, I guess so. Like, my two-year-old has seen it. I, I don't know. All right. But I can say, as a very much grown-up human, I love it. Like, I loved it yes. as a kid. Me too, of course, obviously, yeah. And it still holds up well, for me, for me. I, I guess I was mostly thinking yeah. that Joan and Rivers of Joan Rivers is a grown-up in this scene. Yes, oh, right, right. Okay, right. fair, fair yeah. enough. And can um, you glance at the script? Does it actually say you need freckles to cute? see because that is a bizarre turn of phrase oh yeah i don't i don't have it in front of me actually right and, now and but as a child i wasn't quite sure what she was saying and then later on i was like i think she's just saying you need freckles to cutesy 
cutesy, 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 which is weird, right? That's not it's a, very weird. Yeah, never without, thought about without, it. without having the script in front of me, uh, the draft, I would assume that that wasn't <laughs> in there. Right, right. Because so much, well, actually, this is my next uh, note now that we're at the end of the, the minutes is um, in, in that uh, Museum of the Moving Image event that I mentioned earlier, uh, Frank Oz did talk about this scene. He said they realized pretty quickly how hard it is to fake this kind of laughter doing take after take of the scene. Um, so during a break in filming, he had somebody go out and bring back two gin and tonics for him and two gin and tonics for Joan Rivers. And they, drank, they drank both of them and then they resumed filming and they got the the kind of energy that they were looking for. I also wonder, like, it must be hard to, to puppeteer when you've had two <laughs> gin and tonics in a row. But um, I'm looking at the, the draft now, actually. Uh, she... I don't see the the cutesy thing. Um, let I knew me it. See. I, I knew it because that is as as a screenplay writer, you would not write. You need freckles to cutesy. That sounds like <laughs> that sounds like two gin and tonics in, does it not? It sounds. Oh like, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, she says, "How about making the eyes a bit more dramatic?" Piggy says, "Go ahead, do more." Yep. Should I experiment? Yeah, it's really just. I think. It was kind of a just a, a loose, you know, right. So thing, and they, they just came up with their own stuff. We've unlocked the fourth conspiracy theory of the podcast, which is Frank Oz and Joan Rivers allegedly may or may not have had alcoholic beverages before that scene. Done. Although Frank admitted to it. So <laughs> yes, it's not they did. We know, that. <laughs> we know that for a fact. But I'm I'm speaking as a lawyer for this podcast. It was alleged. Right, right. Good. I'm, I'm sure Frank would appreciate that. Um, yeah, but yeah. She also she also puts glitter on her in the draft, which we don't see in the movie. No. So that's interesting. Oh. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's where this particular clip ends. Um, let me see if I had. Oh yeah, I had one other little thing from the draft, which is there's a moment when Eileen asks Piggy if she needs a place to stay, and. Piggy says, oh, no, I found a temporary apartment across from a little coffee shop that I know. So I guess that later in the movie, we we see Piggy spying on Kermit and Jenny through the blinds from across from Pete's. For, so I guess they were kind of setting that up, which I guess isn't really necessary, which is why they cut it. But I, w- I, I want these deleted scenes. Mildly uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Frank, I know you are listening. If you could please forward those deleted scenes. Yes, he's definitely listening. Yeah, oh, completely. And who knows if this even exists on it, like in a in a box in the the Sony, I don't know. I don't know where they, they keep all their old film, but yeah. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, so any final thoughts about these minutes? Uh, Andy, I will start with you. Um, I'm a little disappointed that our clip cut off before we got to the powder puff my face and powder puff your face. If you want to say something about it, go ahead. I'm just going to say that is a delicious scene and whoever your guest is, is blessed to get to, you know, comment on that. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's all I got. That's all. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's all on you now. All right. Well, all all I was going to say is that I'm kind of, as far as I can tell, no one has ever made a perfume called Quelle de France after, like, oh. after this. And it yeah. seems like that would have happened. I searched for it too. I think it would be fun. Like if they were ever to do like a Muppet convention again, like Muppet Fest in 2002, they should, they should definitely make a scent called Quelle de France. Yeah. It just, it feels like I remember when one of the newer movies came out, they did, they had like a, uh, a license with OPI to make Muppet nail polish colors. 
Oh yeah. And and like why not do something like that and put it out Kel Difference? I don't they know. Should. Like I know this movie's 36 years old, but No. <laughs> it's never too still, late. Like that'd be great. It could smell know, like a pig. What does Cal Difference translate into? I'm assuming that is French. It was what it's, a difference. Yeah, it's what, what a difference. difference what French. a difference. If that fragrance existed, I even as a, a male human would wear it every day of my life. Sure. Just sure, just man, so yeah. that when people said, what is that fragrance? I could say Cal Difference. It's French. It's feminine. It'll help you grab one of those rocks stinking <laughs> men. Beautiful, right? Yeah, just like great. that every time. Every day of your life. Every well, Andy, why do you smell like that? It's Cal Difference. It's, it's French. French. It's feminine. It'll be grab one of those rotten stinking men. Okay, okay. Sorry I asked. Oh, that rules. Man, I will. see now I even want it even more. Mm. All right. You they know what? they did make them as piggy perfume though, and they called it moi, which is wrong. Maybe that's slightly dumb. less interesting. Yeah. It should that's but that's part of the overuse of moi. It is, yes. Piggy, ever yes. in like the last 30 years. That moi, is short sighted because they could have called it Cal Difference, they could have put Joan Rivers and Mr. Wrightson on the box, <laughs> right? It would have sold like gangbusters. Man, I would have bought 12. So many oh, people, good. yes, would yeah. be yeah, everybody mm-hmm. wants that Mr. Wrightson box. There are dozens of us. Dozens. Dozens. Who would pay tens of dollars to have that box? Exactly. (laughs) Well, uh, Andy, we like to ask our guest, what is your history with this movie? Do you remember the first time you saw it? How do you rank it alongside the other Muppet movies? And so on. Great. I'm I'm glad you asked. This was my first Muppet movie I ever saw as a Mm. kid. My my family. No, my family, they were early HBO people mm. where they got the HBO mm. early on. And this movie for a period of time ran probably like three, four times a day. And then someone in my household recorded it on a VHS tape, like an oft used one mm-hmm. that was very tired and had. Uh, so this was my Muppet movie growing up. It was the first thing I saw. And I, to this day, can quote every line. Uh, for me, like as a kid, it ticked every cinematic box i could possibly want like it had puppets it had new york it had broadway it had sardis and liza minnelli i was in heaven yeah. like what more could i want for you know entertainment for 90 minutes i loved yeah. it so yeah for me this is my number one movie ever great i feel like i feel like i feel like for a lot of people it's nostalgia based right it's the, i think it does depend on yeah which movie you saw first how which movie you saw yep. the most times when you were a kid Yep, yeah, much like so. I think classic Disney films. It's like the one yeah. you love is the one you know. Right. Yeah. The one you kind of feel like is your Muppet movie or your Disney movie. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, that's a very good answer. Uh, so with that, we will wrap things up for this week. Everyone, please make sure you check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and all of those things. Thanks to Morgan Davey for our logo and Stacey Rosen for our theme music. Um, you can let us know if you have thoughts about these minutes, uh, future minutes. You can send us an email at movingrightalong at toughpigs.com. You can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. And Andy, where can people find you and or your work on the internet? I'm around. You can, I'm, I'm on the things. Just plug my name in. <laughs> on the things. Your, your full name? Just, uh, I'm Andy Hayward. Just if you see a puppet and a, a guy with dark hair, it's probably me. 
So <laughs> okay, <laughs> give, give it a shot. I so, don't know. So keep an eye out for puppets and guys with dark hair. That's it. You're done. Bingo. All right. And also, listeners, if you don't mind, please give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever. Please tell your friends about the show and join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Yeah.